how has everything been? There are a couple of to- a couple of things going on. First, within the next like week, we've got Hideo Kojima's new game after MGS, a new Hideo Kojima game that's not in the Metal Gear world. I just I can't even. Imagine. I know it's got weird babies and stuff, so we'll see. It's got the girl from Blue is the warmest color. I have no idea what to expect from it. <laughs> I saw the trailers just like everybody else and still can't figure it out for the life of me what's actually going to happen there. But it looks awesome and I'm looking forward to it and I'm definitely going to binge through that whole thing very soon. So I'm looking forward to it. Anybody else looking forward to it? All right. We also have, I know Obama, he criticized woke culture, but when I, like I saw the headline and I was like, geez, finally come on board. Oh my gosh, the most reasonable thing to do is to criticize this stuff. But when I watched the actual video, when I was watching, which stream was it? I think I think it was Matt Christensen, the beauty, beauty in the beta, I think, which is fantastic, by the way. She is spicy. She has a lot of hot takes. (laughs) But she's great. But when I watched that and I watched what he actually said, he wasn't doing a service to reality or a return to reasonableness or sanity. He wasn't really doing that. He criticized it like in such a way as he was saying that that's not real activism, which is kind of the dumbest criticism I could possibly hear. I mean, I understand the criticism just like a normative point of view of you're not really accomplishing much, but it's it's like the worst way to say that, no, you need to escalate exporting your really stupid ideas. That's what he's really saying is let's export all these terrible ideas about wokeness and all that and push it harder in more concrete ways instead of questioning the whole basis for woke criticism. It's so it's really disheartening. I thought, okay, well maybe, you know, after all the fireworks are done, maybe he's going to try to be a little reasonable. And when I first saw it and I was like, okay, finally somebody's coming around to sanity, but he wasn't really doing that. You know, he was really kind of advocating an escalation of the insanity just in more concrete ways instead of just yelling at somebody on Twitter for saying something that you don't like. Now he's saying, no, you need to really get out there and do more about it. Like, that's just, it's terrible. It's definitely worse than just kind of a tepid support for being concerned about all the threats to free speech and all that kind of stuff that's posed by woke culture and, like, cancel culture and all that. Like, a tepid criticism of those things would have been much better than him saying, no, we need more concrete concrete ways to export all these terrible ideas like you said something wrong once so therefore you can't be employed anywhere it's ah so that's really frustrating that's really frustrating there's all this stuff about the whistleblowers identity that's coming out and people are virtually certain that they have the identity now and it was a cia operative who was really anti-trump and was like apparently removed from his role in the trump administration because it seemed like he was trying to do stuff to undermine the president (laughs) and uh so it seems like he was disgruntled and and then Schiff and him and other people just kind of work together to listen to everything that the president would say and try to figure out in a routine call with another country, determine that, oh, he's he's made an impeachable offense now. Now, obviously, it, it doesn't necessarily matter what the identity of the whistleblower is. We'll see how it all turns out. To me, when it comes to impeachment gate, I think this is a, an obvious political hit. And I think the White House has mishandled this like crazy. Like, they should have automatically said, I have every right to investigate corruption. If Joe Biden is part of investigating corruption, I can use whatever means necessary, including a quid pro quo on any kind of foreign aid or whatever else to be able to get that done. It's the same thing that the Obama administration did, same thing that Biden did, that he bragged about. And it's a completely valid interest of the American public to try to figure this out. Now, when it comes, he shouldn't have said anything about Biden. He could have said something about Burisma, but tied it into something else related to Ukraine 
seeing corruption, but there would have been the impropriety. It would have been there no matter what. Even just plain investigating Ukraine, even just investigating what happened in 2016, there would have been an air of, oh, is he just doing this for his own benefit? But investigating Biden directly, that's going to seem like it, even if it's rolled up into a broad corruption investigation that he's asking Ukraine to do. And to me, if it's if it if there's any reasonable point to be made about it being rolled up into a broad corruption investigation, there's nothing here. There's zero here. It's the exact kind of thing that anybody has done and will do. And that's not even bringing it into factor the fact that Obama and Clinton and the DNC all did this very same thing to try to get Trump before he was elected and after he was elected. So getting foreign countries involved for domestic political gain is par for the course. And this and that's just vaguely what <laughs> Trump seemed to maybe have been doing on a, in a vague sense to the same degree that in a vague sense it seems like Joe Biden was trying to get this prosecutor fired so that he could benefit his son. I generally don't think that Joe Biden would have explicitly tried to do that. I, I just don't think he would have gone that direction. But it's the same kind of vagueness about impropriety when it comes to political operations. And it's the, it's the kind of nothing that people have accepted for decades, especially since the investigation wasn't undertaken, since they didn't know about the money until August, since he released the money right away <laughs> after having heard about all this stuff, since there was no explicit, okay, follow up on that quid, make sure they understand uh, that if they don't do this, they're not getting their money. If they don't specifically investigate Joe Biden so they can give me dirt on him, <laughs> you know, not just because even that, I mean, obviously the American people have a right to know whether he's corrupt anyway, whether Biden's corrupt anyway. So there are so many lines of just levels of, I don't know about this <laughs> when it comes to even trying to kind of roll this up into an impeachment. I, I mean, I think it's just off the deep end. And there's that whole thing about Pelosi. She said, no single person got into office to impeach a sitting president, which was just complete nonsense. Obvious, complete nonsense. So much impeachment talk has gone on since the beginnings of the Mueller investigation, since he was initially elected. You had, who was it, Rashida Tlaib on video. You had Maxine Waters on The View. <laughs> People all over the place. were They were trying to figure out any way to impeach this guy. And now they're doing this weird act of, oh, we don't want to have to do this, but it's necessary. You know, it's all political nonsense. So I don't, I don't know about this. I don't know about this, guys. Uh, it's sorry if that offended anybody who's not a guy who's listening to this. Um, I really, I really don't know about this. Uh, this seems like a whole weird thing that is trying to overturn a duly elected president. And in reality, I, I don't think that they think they're going to get there. I think that they think it's going to hurt them enough. They're trying to gin up enough public anti-Trump sentiment so that going into primary season and getting to the election that they're going to have a better chance of winning it. And one thing that Ben Shapiro pointed out, we are so lucky to have Ben Shapiro, oh my gosh, but he pointed out how, notice how little they're actually standing on policy and how much they're trying to attack, attack, attack in instead of saying, here are all the positive things that we would do that would replace the negative things that he's doing. But it doesn't even seem like most people have really, I mean, most people with so much employment, they get some kind of medical care through their employer and it's fine. I mean, my employer insurance was fine. So I don't think they want to think all that much about it or completely upend the system or create a multi-trillion dollar bureaucracy that's going to have to run it. That's another thing that Tim Pool was talking about was how when he worked for a nonprofit, so much of of the money that they would get actually went to the running of it, the bureaucracy. And that's just, you know, it's like empty, <laughs> it's empty contribution now. And then uh, this other portion of it 
is going to actually help the cause that it's trying to help. But I don't trust the government in managing most anything except for maybe roads. So I definitely, I wouldn't want them to like double the size of the government to manage this massive undertaking. I just, I definitely not. The, the most depressing thing I've ever seen, <laughs> there was like a poll that said a majority of Americans, something like 53% or something like that, said that the First Amendment is outdated and talked about how it needed to be amended to take into account hate speech. I mean, do you understand that there's no need for a First Amendment if the only thing that it protects is saying nice things to people? Uh, do people understand that? God, it's it's the worst thing that could possibly happen in this country is to undermine the freedom of religion or the freedom of speech. Those are the worst things that could possibly happen. And it would be, I mean, especially now where you have so much norm breaking, so much hostility for the rival political parties, and so much hostility between Washington and the rest of the country, there would be abuses all over the place when it comes to any kind of a check or legislation or anything else when it comes to free speech. I mean, it's already bad enough when you have these companies, these tech companies, who are the arbiters of how information is transferred or shared. It's already bad enough to have them saying that certain political views are just plain not acceptable, like saying that I'm going to mean this when I say woman, and uh, I, I, I have the right to be able to do that. You know, I can think whatever I want and say those those thoughts. It's incredibly frustrating. It's going down the a very dark path when it comes to speech. And I mean, I'm going to do everything I possibly can. That's why I do this show. It's, it's the last coffee house. Coffee houses are supposed to be the hub of where and they were kind of the building blocks of being able to talk about philosophical topics and things that were controversial and just getting people's opinions on them. It might be excited and loud and, and hostile and everything else, but this is the flowering of being able to talk about anything and everything and explore topics. And when you're in the coffee house, you can talk about whatever you want. You step out of the coffee house and go back to your regular life but that's that's how it should work i just i don't like where this is going i don't like it at all and i'll fight it i mean in any way i possibly can try to protect speech in every manner possible so uh, to the extent i uh, like the jurisprudence under the first amendment right now that says that gives a little buffer of incitement to imminent violence is is the buffer it gives us just a little wiggle room when it comes to speech i'm okay with that but that's as far as it needs to go so Anyway, all sorts of stuff going on. There's a, a BuzzFeed article from a girl who's criticizing Joe Biden, and he called her a child. He was, like, disdainful or whatever. And when I initially was reading, I was like, okay, well, this is going to be a reasonable person who, who says reasonable things. No, I mean, I didn't notice it was from BuzzFeed at that point. But So I started reading it, and I think I'm going to go through it point by point uh, at some point in a different episode because there's so much indoctrinate, <laughs> just indoctrinated nonsense. It's like listening to a, a Mormon kid who's just talking like oh no and then the this thing and that thing and the underpants and it's just uh, i'm really concerned if this is this is our youth there's apparently a new show that's about emily dickinson one of my favorite poets she's very creative she has her own very distinctive style it's very compact and it's often esoteric but it has some beautiful language love her to death and apparently there's a show that was made about her but it was supposed to be like modernized where you you've got like emily dickinson twerking or something and it's got a bunch of like text speak and all that sort of stuff and it just 
no thank you like really no thank you i mean even the woke side of this who's who's all progressive everything is is saying like this is a complete disservice to the artistry of this writer and we should not have this so i appreciate that at least apparently watchmen went the whole white people are bad route i haven't seen it. it's on hbo haven't seen it i was gonna watch it and i watched a couple of reviews and it just sounds like sounds like more of the same and i don't think i want to see it DD, they are out for star wars one of the best things i've ever heard and very important for the rest of humanity <laughs> that we don't have those two making any Star Wars movies. They are absolutely horrendous. They just wrecked. By any standard, they completely drove Game of Thrones into the ground after sitting on just an amazing property for so long. they You could tell they didn't have actually any interest. They had an extremely superficial relationship to all these characters and just wanted to get it over with, and that's what they did. And so they, des- I mean, I wish they would never make anything again, uh, to be perfectly honest. So... We'll We'll see. We'll see. I can't believe how bad, how bad all that stuff was. We had another vote. 70%. I'm a millennial, so this really bothers me. Uh, 70% of millennials say they'd vote for a socialist. 70% of millennials say they'd vote for a socialist. Now, to their defense, this doesn't really define it. I mean, you could say that anybody who wants the government to fix roads is a socialist you can make that argument you could also say that by the definition of socialism it would be the government nationalizing particular modes of industry you know and which ones they're going to do and which ones are not is is the question so that's really just a, an incredibly vague statement uh, and definitely in undergrad i would have said yes 100 percent socialism is so great because all my teachers tell me it is but it's it's definitely a matter of degree uh, you know things like as far as I know and as as far as I can tell when it comes to like the police force and when it comes to fire people that they yes it should be socialized but not very much else Uh, so we'll I don't know we'll see how that turns out Uh, they there's that old saying that's about if you're not a liberal at 20 you have no heart if you're still liberal at 30 you have no brain I think that (laughs) that has a lot of truth to it once you see how complex the world really is and you see how much of liberalism is just ideological virtue signaling you know it's and doesn't really have an interest in long-term solutions or really have an interest in real problems it's really just about the attention and saying how great you are to have to be recognizing these things that don't exist once you realize that you you kind of you're on a fast track to be like you know what we need to slow this down Uh, and once gay marriage gets across you know that's kind of the last big issue that really needed to get across Uh, even from a libertarian perspective it's a matter of the government shouldn't have an interest in this you know stand aside that you can you can marry who you want consenting adults marry who you want i think once you get past that it's like it's tough to stand on a side of no keep pushing uh, legal equality and amongst all people regardless of class membership is not enough let's keep pushing so we'll we'll see where it ends up we'll see where it ends up anyway oh so oh my gosh we just <laughs> raced through that conversation i don't want to make these too long but i i want to talk about political stuff but i don't want to be consumed by it because it's so like it's short term and it's superficial you can go through and criticize whatever's coming out but it it just has a short shelf life you know when it comes to political stuff so i just i just kind of kind of want to get some thoughts out there and then we'll get back into the books the real meaty stuff and talking about movies (laughs) which is the serious business but anyway i i really appreciate people who listened people who showed up (laughs) Uh, i really appreciate it and i hope all is well and i'll see you i'll see you next time (laughs) 